unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. We welcome you to another episode of the show. Coming up, we will be joined by Carolina Panthers tight end Colin Thompson. We'll talk about the Panthers season so far. His former coach Matt Rule moving on to college football or back into college football, we should say, as the coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and much, much more. Colin is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. Well, where on earth has the college football season gone? You know, this weekend is Championship Saturday. All the conference championship games will be taking place, and we'll ultimately decide the college football playoff, the latest rankings that came out uh, this week. Georgia remains in the top spot, Michigan number two, TCU number three, and USC at number four. So right now, they would be the participants, but they have business to take care of. First, USC in the Pac-12 title game. They uh, faced uh, number 12, Utah, uh, on Saturday. That's a Saturday night, uh, rather Friday night game, 8 o'clock. And then Georgia and LSU in the SEC championship game. I don't see any reason that Georgia would lose that contest. Michigan will play in the Big Ten title game against Purdue. Should be easily favored there. TCU has an interesting matchup as they face number 13, Kansas State. And that, of course, in the Big 12 title game. So those teams have work to do. And the fates of number 5, Ohio State. And number six, Alabama. They have no more games left on their schedule. But I tell you what, if one of those teams in the top four slip up, particularly whether it's number three, TCU, or number four, USC, the committee will give a two-loss Alabama consideration. They'll be the only two-loss team to get that consideration. And Ohio State, could they sneak back in? And it's interesting that Alabama's number six and Tennessee is number seven, even though Tennessee beat Alabama, but I'm sure that ranking is based on the fact that Tennessee uh, lost their starting quarterback. But uh, needless to say, it should be interesting stuff as uh, the championship weekend stuff happens. And of course, uh, yours truly will have his eye on number 18, Tulane, taking on number 22, UCF, for the American Athletic Conference Championship game being played in New Orleans. UCF won a few weeks ago at Tulane, and now we'll have to repeat that feat. The winner of this game goes to the New Year's Six Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. So lots to play for for there, and I would love to go see UCF play in my favorite NFL stadium that houses my favorite NFLT, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, That would be one tremendous opportunity and trip for sure. All right, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show. He is... A tight end with the Carolina Panthers and a longtime friend of the program. It's Colin Thompson back in the house. Colin, great to have you here. Jeff, it's great to be back, man. I always look forward to coming on your show. Yeah, I always look forward to having you. And as uh, let's talk about the Panthers season so far. You know, maybe not uh, as developed quite like you guys would like, but you're four and eight, uh, but only a game and a half out in the division, yeah. which is a very winnable division with five games left to play. So at least you got that uh going for you guys that uh, there are still stakes out for out there for you. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's been a tough year, right? Obviously we haven't won as much as we wanted to coach rule got, you know, departed Christian McCaffrey for lack of a better term departed. 
Um, and you, you know, you, a lot of coaches have too in the, in the process of either they got released or, you know, they now moved on to Nebraska. So it's been a real challenge in that there's been a lot different hurdles. You got to be a big boy and a professional in this league. And I think it's challenged some guys this year to be that way, uh, including myself. You know, I was very close to coach rule, uh, to see him released was really tough. Uh, he brought me to Carolina, you know, I played for him at temple. So that was really hard, but Coach Wilkes and the current staff have done an awesome job. Uh, they have been just unbelievable. It's been so much fun to work with, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I've learned a ton as a player. I've taken tons of notes. I'm learning a lot of different things because I, I enjoy different coaches on all different types of coaching styles. So, yeah, we control, you know, kind of, I guess, our own destiny. That's all cliche, but, we, you know, we need to win some football games here. It's good to get to, you know, that win before the bye week and, and enjoy some time with the bye week with family and friends. Yeah, no question about that. And, uh, you know, if you look at uh, how the season has progressed, I mean, you know, you're coming off of a victory as well. Uh, and and then your defense has really risen to the occasion uh, the last few games. Yeah, our defense is one of the best in the league. Uh, I remember saying to myself a couple of years ago, you know, I get nervous about blocking a certain guy or facing this guy in coverage. And I'm like, well, not many people are like Brian Burns and not that many people are like Jeremy Chin or Shaq Thompson or Derek Brown. Like I face that every day. I'm okay. I think I'll be okay if I face other people too. So, you know, I remember saying that to myself and you know, people in the outside world didn't really maybe not even know about the development of the defense and what it's been, but it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Every team we play, I know a guy on the team says, holy cow, your defense is good. And offensively, there's some things that we can really do to be dynamic, too. We just have to do it more consistently, I think, and better be, be we have to be better on third down. Uh, there's a lot of things we have to do better. But overall, it's been, uh, it's been fun moving in the right direction offensively, I'll say that. Yeah. And of course, you know, you've, you've had injuries at the quarterback position and, you know, and, and you know, this as well as anybody, uh, you know, while, you know, all the quarterbacks on the team are, are, you know, are they're, they're your teammates and you support them, but not having stability there is a challenge. It's been interesting for sure. There's three guys there that are really good football players and Matt Corral, who's hurt. So four, um, We've had some come and go. And yes, stability is always important. But I think we have stability in the sense that all three of those guys can win football games. And they have won football games. Uh, they were top draft picks or they were, you know, P.J. Walker makes the longest throw in NFL history against Atlanta. So I'll say this from the outside world. People may say inconsistency and then maybe there's uh, maybe not as developed chemistry. But all three of those guys have done a tremendous job coming in, developing chem chemistry when they are the starter. There's no lack of confidence when someone is a starter. I will say that it's not, there's a different feel in the locker room. So it's all like they're one person. You know, they are they're, they're They have all a great mindset, a great headspace. They truly want everyone to be successful in that room. And I don't know if that's the case across the NFL. Everybody says that. But deep down inside, these guys truly care. So. Uh, it's been fun. Any one of those guys can go and win us a game. Well, yeah, that's good. A good luxury to have. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there are there are some teams who are very shaky when you get to the second guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have three, and, and you know, I think we're trying to all pick one. Who who knows who you pick? So it's been uh, it's fun. There have been some injuries in the position, but every guy has stepped up and kind of have answered the bell when their times come. 
Yeah. Well, of course, you know, one of the things I, I like about having you on the program is I like to ask you questions about the tight end position because it is such a unique position in football. And it's, and it's interesting, you know, because once upon a time, teams really just ran one guy out there all the time. And then it kind of evolved into, okay, well, you had a blocking specialist and a receiving specialist. Now teams are running four or five deep at the position. You know, what can you attribute to how that has evolved over the years? Wow, that's a great question. I'll say that just the athletes have evolved. Everyone's bigger, stronger. They run better. And I think the run better is the key. If you have a guy who's 240 pounds and runs like guys used to run at 220 or 210 and 250, now you have a lot of big bodies on the field that can be a mismatch in the run game and then be a mismatch again in the passing game because of who they're going to bring on the field to cover everybody and then who the, who they're going to bring on to stop the run. Um what a tribute to, I don't know. I think it's just people just developing over time, like the bigger, stronger, faster athlete. Now it's like, well, I'm a receiver. I'm big. Well, I don't know if I just put some weight on and play tight end. I'm going to get paid quicker. Uh, I'm going to get drafted higher. Uh, it's going to work out great. The same thing happens for a big tight end. They, they say, hey, go to tackle, go to offensive line, because you're going to be better athlete at a lesser athletic position. So I think you have some of that now. So development, you have a quarterback who's a bigger guy who can catch the ball well. So you know what? It's going to go be a tight end and be six, seven and have a great mind. So there's so many different pieces. I think that's a cool part about the position too. Like we have five guys in our room. Everybody does something differently. Some guys may have the same job title, but everybody does business a little bit differently and has, has things that are really good about them. And like, there's one thing they got to work on, right? Like that's that position. No one's really perfect. Probably other than George Kittle. He's the only one. Um, <laughs> well, give me just, a, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, give me a scouting report on your tight end room. You know, give me your give me your thoughts on each of the guys. All right, so okay, so we'll go Ian Thomas, who's our starting tight end. Ian's unbelievable. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. He's so explosive. Not many people can just explode on somebody and just really be a war daddy at like two sixty and really put your hands on a defensive end and block and really drive a guy out of there, like physically forklift a man out of there. You won't even notice it, right? If you watch TV, like it's just not even a thing. It's it's unbelievable how undervalued publicly because privately he's paid. He just got paid a contract for us. Uh, that guy is, he is a beast, uh, Ian. So unbelievable blocker can absolutely catch the ball and run, but he's just such a great blocker, right? Sometimes that overpowers things, uh, but can catch the ball, run physical, great yak. He's an all around type tight end. He really is a, a Y all around physical tight end. And then you go to Tommy Tremble. 82, who is a freak of nature athlete, maybe the best athlete on the team other than a couple guys, five guys, freak of nature and strong and physical and and just explosion, like explosion like you've never seen, like cut here and then cut over there and then jump forward and start running 100 miles an hour. Just an absolute beast. He's a missile. He's a missile. So Tommy's a great, he, you know, he's more of the pass catcher who can also block too. He's a physical blocker. I mean, he really can do everything. He's another all-around tight end. Uh, and then you have Stephon Sullivan, who's a former receiver in college, moved to tight end, played defensive end in Seattle, comes over here to us in Carolina, and he's really developed into a really good tight end. He's a pass catcher, but he's developed his blocking game really well. Super long, super tall, dynamic in the pass game. And then in the run game, he's got these long arms. He can really snap off on somebody. Has really worked on his footwork and gotten a lot better there, and he's a stud. Then you got Giovanni Ricci, who's a 
really a tight end. Everyone calls him a fullback. And I think it's smart that he wears 45 because, again, it makes him a better athlete at a position where a lesser athlete would be. Um, so he was formerly 87. Now he's 45 and he looks like a freaking – he runs a four whatever, five, four, six, big Italian dude who can uh, hit people, run every route, play on special teams. Uh, he's a complete guy as well. So, geez, actually, I'm about to have a baby here this week, so it's really cool for us. But it's been fun in our room. Let's see, am I messing anybody? Then there's me. So I think, you know, we have a unique room, a fun room, and we've been together. The bulk of us have been together for three years now. So uh, there's a real, real unique part to that. And you don't really see that in the NFL, you know, the camaraderie side of it. So we go on trips together in the offseason. Uh, we spend tons of time together. We decorate the room crazy for Christmas. So – uh, guys like like that has made you know my journey in the NFL really worth it. It's always what I wanted, but I didn't know if I'd be able to be in a room long enough to lead enough and create that. And we have in Carolina. Well, I can't let you skip the scouting report on yourself. Oh man, okay, <laughs> mate. It's been it's been a tough year, man. I've been dinged up. Uh, I went to the training camp, probably the best I've ever felt, and I, I think I've said that every year, but this was different. I truly loved – I've loved all the offense I've been in, but this one really was fitting me uh, with McAdoo. And, uh, you know, kind of had some cap deal this year. It's been on and off. But I'm getting my feet underneath me, Jeff. A scout report on me, I would say a physical and heavy-handed, uh, a guy that can do a little bit of everything in the position, is solid at everything, uh, needs to run better, as a bad critic, needs to move a little bit better, but can catch the ball well and uh, can block physical smart and have an impact on a room, whether he's playing or not. That's what I would put on my, that's what I try to be, Jeff. That's what I try to be. <laughs> well, of course, when you say catch the ball, of course, you've had one of the greatest catches in spring football history. The <laughs> <laughs> Bay Vipers, man. I, I'll never forget. It. I turned around, that ball popped up off the over out there, crossing route, and boom! I pointed first down. I didn't care. The fans are right there. They were going crazy. It was so much fun. That was a good time, man. I'm bummed. I'm happy it's coming to Orlando to you guys, Jeff. You guys are in for a treat. The XFL is so much fun. Those listening to this game, those listening to this podcast, and listening to Jeff's show, like. And we'll get you some XFL guys on, Jeff, if you want to. I'm sure you do. You're a real pro. But, man, it is so much fun. Are they going to play at UCF Stadium? That I haven't heard, but I would suspect that would be where they land, yeah. Oh, man, it's fun. It, it's, it's, it's really good football with really good players, with coaches that care, with a great product, great ownership. I had so much fun in that league. I've said, I said to somebody, I'd go back and play it. Everyone's like, really? You're in the I'm like, I would consider it, you know? Everyone's got a price, Jeff. <laughs> For sure. And of course, you know, you, you know, the fact that spring football exists again, you know, I know that was an important part of your journey back to the NFL, you know, because it gives, you know, there's so many talented guys who are not in the NFL and they just need reps and time and, and, and film and all that good stuff. They do. They do. And the AAF was, I always say the AAF paid more, but it just doesn't have a lot of backbone to it, you know? The XFL paid a little bit less, but the backbone was great. The travel was first class. They really took great care of us. Yeah, and we've seen that the USFL has put some guys into the league too. So it's it is a it is a it is definitely something that uh, that benefits players and gives uh, gives more opportunity. That's for sure. No doubt. Um, yeah. So you talked about Mount Rule earlier, and of course, uh, you know, obviously, it didn't work out this season for him there, but. 
he's now going to be the head coach at Nebraska. And, uh, you know, his track record at, uh, at turning and building programs in college is certainly well documented with Temple and with Baylor. And I'm of the mindset, well, if Matt Rule can't turn Nebraska in the right direction, I don't think anybody can. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, you know, I'm bummed for, for Scott Frost because I'm, I'm an I'm a American Athletic Conference fan. Yeah. Uh, whether UCF's in it or not in a couple of years, I'm a fan of the league. It's produced some great coaches, some great players, especially when I was in it. I re- the league was really good. Navy, UCF, like Temple. There was some good – UConn was solid. Like there were some – ECU was really rolling. Like we had some Houston. So I'm a fan of the league um, and the coaches that have come out of it. And I'm, I know Scott went there you know, play there and try to really turn it around. So first off, I want to say that because I'm a fan. I don't know Scott. I don't know anything about him, but I know he did some great things at UCF and uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine with whatever endeavor he has next, but yeah. So coach rule to change the subject back. I mean, you're hundred percent right. I, I don't know. That guy's different. He's different. I think he is one of the best coaches in football period, college or pro. I don't think he's a like, college coach. I don't think that's a fair label. Um, what's, you know, the difference? Really, college coaches probably work harder. I guarantee you they work harder. <laughs> so it's like what it's almost more impressive to be a good college coach because you're the recruit. You got to handle all that stuff. There's so much stuff. Spring ball it is way more than the NFL. So, um NFL is a players league. College football is a coaches league. That's a, that's what I firmly believe. But neither here nor there. Uh, huge fan of Coach Rule. He's going to turn rings around there. It's it's going to happen. Just a matter, you know, of when. Um, he is just a beast. And I think the one thing about Coach Rule that people may not know is he's got a great staff, and he's had a great staff for years. All of those guys, they half of them hung around for Jeff Collins, who came through Temple American Athletic Conference fans. And then, you know, they connected with Baylor after Jeff left or they followed back up in Carolina. There, there's a pool of about 30 of them that are like coach rule people. And some are, you know, going to go to Nebraska, some will stay in Carolina, but they're coach rule guys. And he is, you know, I don't say birth them, but he's a he is tough to work for. He is he is awesome to work with. And he is just really made some awesome players and awesome coaches. So I think he's really a product of obviously his knowledge. He's involved in everything, Jeff, like he is going to be involved in recruiting. He's going to be involved in the diet program. He's going to be involved in how the team travels, the hotel, the gallons of water. They can't be distilled. They got to be spring. Like he is, that's coach rule. He is, he has a great knowledge of everything. Is he like this unbelievable coordinator? No. And he would tell you that he, he would tell you that. Does he know the game of football? Absolutely. Right. Like some coaches that run this offense or run that offense or whatever. No, he's just got to, he's involved in everything. And I hear great things about that place. Funny story. And I love your show because I've been on so much. I can change subjects and talk about whatever. That's the Jeff show. Yes. Yeah. Jeff Allen. So my <laughs> uncle, I'm going to read the text because it's just good. It's just good content. So my uncle, so we live in Annapolis, Maryland now. Shout out to the American Athletic Conference. My uncle was in the Navy. And he said, he texted me, he said, I saw Matt Rolls going to Nebraska, really happy for him. My academy classmate and buddy, VADM Ted Slapshot Carter, is the president there. 
He was an F-14 Bubba bigwig. And we were COs together in an air wing on eight. On, excuse me. We were COs together on air wing eight on the Roosevelt aircraft carrier. So I guess they were roommates or pals on an aircraft carrier together. And now he's the guy hiring Matt Rule. So kind of a cool tidbit on the Jeff Allen show. You don't get that everywhere else. Pretty cool. <laughs> hey, man. No, I appreciate that. And it's, uh, it's yeah. always neat to, you know, it goes back to a small world, right? <laughs> it's a, yeah. just, Super small world, especially in football. And, and yeah. even that, it's now it's extended down onto the military stuff. So yeah. it's been great living in Annapolis, man. We were like, again, I'm American conference fan, so it's can't beat it. Uh, have you been, have you been to a game here? I have not been to a game there. That was on my list to do. And you, of course, uh, uh, you know, COVID, COVID shut a lot of that down for, for a lot of us. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's definitely on my, on my list, even, you know, whether UCF's in the league or not, I would definitely want to go to a game there. For yeah. Sure. It's great. It's a great place. Yeah. It is awesome. Of course, uh, you know, we were talking about Matt rule. I think the, the other thing that really speaks to, you know, how great a leader and coach he is. I mean, he inherited a colossal mess for the fallout of our Bryles at Baylor. I mean, I mean, that was probably as close to a, uh, a program being near potentially beyond a death penalty <laughs> as there was. I think if they didn't hire him, they probably would have went to the death penalty. And I'm not saying there's other coaches wouldn't have turned it around and all that stuff, but the way he navigates and does business, the way he does it in a first class way, he's learned from some great people, Joe Paterno. And I'm again, separated from the whole scandal stuff. When it comes to program building, we all know what Joe Pertono did. Tom Coughlin, like we're talking just elite program builders. And that's kind of the the cloth he's cut from. The Baylor job, and I've got a lot of close, I've got close to a lot of Baylor people because they came to, they coach rule liked them, brought them to Carolina, and now they're in Carolina with us. That Baylor job, people, you know, Temple's losing his program in college football history. And we won excuse me, 10 back-to-back, you know, you know, winning seasons, which was um, very incredible times for us. Right in the, the, right in the really beef when UCF was really good. They went from really bad to really good overnight. Um, and that conference is good. Those were like legit wins. You know, coach, that, I think the Baylor job was even more impressive. I mean, it, all those players, when Coach Browse left, because a lot of people love Coach Browse, and I also hear a lot of people said there was – some blame going around on some people and kind of Art Browse is in the crosshair and you're responsible for the, for the program. You're the head coach. I get all that, but that's a side note. Again, we can talk about anything I want on the Jeff Allen show. <laughs> so, but my point is the, the Baylor job, a lot of players transferred out of there. Um, a lot of people weren't believers, right? That's a hard that you're going into Texas and saying, this is how I'm going to do business. And he did it. And they went, they went 11 and one to one and uh, excuse me, 11, one and 11, 11, one pretty much, I don't know, overnight, two years, not that long. Their quarterback gets hurt in the Big 12 championship game. They should have beat uh, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma, I believe it was. Yep. And they would have been in the Final Four. I mean, that is hard against Georgia and Bama and all these places that have been doing it for, I don't know, a decade plus. Yep. So that's what he's going to bring to that's what he's going to bring to Nebraska. He's going to bring relevancy right away. He's going to turn things around right away and, and turn things around aren't going to maybe be wins, but you're going to be like, whoa, that team's good. I talked to someone in the, actually the big 10 There's a coach in the big 10. He said that Nebraska team's got some players. It's just, can they get, you know, what was he going to get the most out of them? Cause Scott recruited. So mm. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 
Of course, I I have to bring it up now, too, because uh, of your love for the AAC. What's your take on uh, Luke Fickle leaving Cincinnati to go to Wisconsin? Oh, man, that's that's an interesting one. You know, like Cincinnati in a year, right? They're going to be in the Big 12. That's a big deal. Uh, I, you know, there's always more to the story, right? Always more to the story. So he was probably either there was some writing on the wall there, like it's time to go, or you know what? This is a really big opportunity. This is Wisconsin. You know, this is a really big time, big 10 and a, and a boatload of cash to go with it. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say no to, I don't blame them at all. Uh, it's a great job. It's a top, what 30 job in America, probably. So uh, good for him. It's tough for Cincinnati, but that's another great job. Like if you're a coach who could fall into being a head guy there, I don't know who they're going to hire if they haven't hired anybody already. My apologies, but no, that's like a job that like a program has been flipped around and you get this Cadillac and it's like, all right, now take it to become a Lamborghini in, in, in the big 12 and see how you can do. So who knows? Wouldn't be shocked if like a big name coach came out of the woodwork for that one and says, uh, I was retired, but I want that one because it's in pretty good shape. He left it in pretty good shape. Yeah, no question. And uh, what's your what's your what's your thoughts on the uh, AAC championship? You see UCF and Tulane. Uh, it's going to be an interesting second time around in just a few weeks. Yeah, I haven't watched a ton this year, sadly, but I know this. It's really cool to see Tulane in. And again, I, I will say this: the American Athletic Conference has the best city. It's the best city conference in America. Annapolis, uh, uh, excuse me, New Orleans or Tampa, Orlando, uh, Philly. Even Houston, UConn's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Houston, Dallas, UConn's beautiful. ECU is one of the best places to go uh, and just have a great time and watch football. It's tremendous. Usually it's like a Thursday night game there. Love what they got going on. And then you have New Orleans, obviously. So I'm a big fan of the American Athletic Conference cities because I call radio in those cities and had a blast. Uh, a little bit my younger days, Jeff. Not that long ago, four, three, four years ago. Um, I love the two ladies in fresh blood. I don't know much about the game, about the teams, I'll be honest with you, but it's fresh blood. It's good to see. It's good to see UCF get in there, too, before they're gone. Now, they leave next year? Yep. For two years. So next year. Next, next year, they're in the Big 12, yeah. Who are the replacements? Charlotte? There's, uh, yeah, there's uh, FAU, Charlotte, uh, Okay. Gosh, I'm not so, blanking on some again, of the others. You know, they brought Boca, like four teams in. Boca, uh, add that another great yeah. city to go to. I played in the bowl game there. Great time. Great place to play. Beautiful grass field. Uh, Charlotte, I play here now. Love it. Uh, and that university, Charlotte, like you, you pull up there. If it didn't say Charlotte on it, said Duke or UNC or whatever, you'd be like, I believe it. Place is beautiful. Nice. Place is beautiful. And I know their program has been up and down, but. Uh, that's a good place. You can recruit. You're right in the heartbed of really good football. So, yeah, it's going to be – I love the American, as you know. I've talked about it on here. I've called games in it. I've played games in it. I live I live literally 100 yards, Chef, from the stadium. Uh, I can hear everything from a football stadium here. So, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> that That is uh, outstanding. Of course, you know, the one thing you forgot in your scouting report on yourself was grinder. Because I, you know, that's because that's what you that's what you've done to you know, to get uh, to be a professional football player, but uh, you also are uh, a grinder when it comes to uh, you know making yourself a media guy, as uh, well know the Colin Thompson Show, one of the best mm-hmm. podcasts out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're 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 out there uh, you're out there hustling and and uh, making things happen there. I thought, thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's been fun. You know, someone said to me last night, you really keep a lot of. You know, pots on the stove, I do. I really do. I enjoy that. I, I, I pretty much coach with 
you know, with the team now I play and, and, uh, you know, I have this media company that I started, you know, not for long podcast. It was when I got cut from the giants with emergency ambidectomy. And I'm like, wow, you're right. NFL stands for not for long. So let me start that. So NFL podcast became not for long media. And I was like, well, all these places are kind of, you know, Barstool Sports, Action Park Media, um, you know, ESPN. They all have multiple podcasts underneath this big platform. So I said, okay, well, let me make this a media company and inherit some shows, create some shows, find some good hosts and kind of make this little family. We have about five or six shows. Uh, I, I, you know, I originally had a number of 10, get to 10, but I really don't want to do that. I just want to have really good five, six shows right now and continue to grow and add good people along the way. We just added these food kind of tasting people. And you see me tasting a lot of stuff on Instagram. You know why? They're called the Sam Boners. The Sambo is somebody who eats food. The Sam Boners are people that are just having a good time while they're doing it. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of uh, the sandwich tasters we've had come on. They have a huge following. We just started a podcast with them. We have a show called Two Girls, One League. That's a bunch of girls that run talk football. Uh, we have Colin Thompson show. We have breaking bats hosted by pro baseball player, Brian O'Grady. Uh, we have Augies with Harry Mays who actually connected you and I, yep. he's a Philly, Philly sports talk radio guy. And then his partner, Jason, Mati- Jason Matitas for big Philly sports talk radio guys. And then, uh, brought to light the military show that's coming. So, you know, I, I like it. It's innovative. It's fun. It's creative. I can do a lot of different things with it and allows me to have great friends on great guests. So, you know, it's something to do while you play. It's easy. Everyone's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I just don't watch another episode or two of Game of Thrones at night. I just shut it down. (laughs) You know, I just watch one and go to bed, you know, and I just do a little 50, you know, hour of work a night on the show. I love it. It's my escape. I coach them football too. Uh, lower Cape May High School in Cape May, New Jersey. So I'm involved. I'm busy, man. I like it this way. I do. Yeah. You do sleep, right? <laughs> I do sleep. Um, I do sleep. I love sleep. I, I, yeah, probably not enough, but it has nothing to do with being busy. I just can't sleep. It's just not in me, man. I'm just, my mind's rolling. So, <laughs> well, it's outstanding. Uh, and again, I really appreciate you being back on the show once again. Uh, always enjoy our visits and uh, we wish you uh, best of luck with the uh, Panthers for the rest of the, this season. Jeff, always a blast. Love your show. And uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck to your nights, man. I'll be, I'll be tuning in. And now let's close things out with a TV theme. That was the theme from Chips 
which was an acronym for the California Highway Patrol. Uh, this show, of course, starred Eric Estrada as uh, a macho, rambunctious officer, Frank Llewellyn Poncha Rubba. And, of course, he went by Ponch as short. Larry Wil- Wilcox was his uh, straight-laced partner, John Andrew Baker. And, you know, with Ponch being the more trouble-prone and John the more level-headed, trying to keep him out of trouble with the duo's gruff yet fatherly immediate supervisor, Sergeant Joseph Gatrayer. And he, of course, was played uh, by uh, Robert Pine. Uh, of course, you may know his son, who, who went on to great fame, Chris Pine. So, uh, again, it was uh, interesting as it was followed this office uh, from the Highway Patrol, the Central Los Angeles office. And, of course, uh, interesting enough, real-life Chips Motors officers rarely ride in pairs. And in early episodes, this was explained away by placing the trouble-prone punch, easier for me to say, on probationary status with John as his field training officer. Eventually, by the end of the first season... That subplot faded away because they were used to seeing them work as a team. And uh, some interesting folks that were also part of the cast. Uh, Again, this uh, show ran from September 1977 to May 1983 on NBC. So they had six seasons and then they did a reunion movie back in 1998. Uh the lovely and beautiful Randy Oaks played off of Bonnie Clark from 79 to 82. Michael Dorn of uh, Star Trek fame. Uh, he was on as Officer Jedediah Turner from 79 to 82. Bruce Jenner, now known as Caitlyn Jenner, was Officer Steve McLeish in 81 and 82. And Clarence Gilliard Jr. Uh, played Officer Benjamin Webster from 82 to 83. And of course, he just recently passed away. A couple of days ago, the age of 66, uh, Clarence Gilliard Jr., part of uh, uh, the great movie Die Hard as the uh, the technical genius there. And, of course, uh, was known as a, a detective on the series Matlock with Andy Griffith. And uh, probably his be- biggest and most known role, of course, was on uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, as he played Chuck Norris's sidekick on that program. So... There you have it, our theme for this week, Chips. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.